Welcome to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Today, we'll show you how to use the spirit of love and self worth to improve the connections with everyone else in your life. This program is your weekly gift, and it will keep on giving. You'll see. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Well, hello, everyone, and greetings and blessings to you all. I'm Dr. Jean Marie Farish, your host for Love Light, and I'm so delighted for you to join us live on the Voice America Network to inspire a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through worthiness. We have an amazing guest who will join us today on Healing Your Past for a Better Future. What stories are you telling yourself that make you feel stuck in your history? Is it time to let go? Would you like to be present in your life to create a new you, a new reality? In my recently published book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, uh, I have a prelude uh, to my love story. Uh, I shared a quote from the Danish philosopher Kierkegaard, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. And a quote from the West African translation of Sankofa speaks to my journey. We must go back and reclaim our past so we can move forward, so we can understand how and why we came to be who we are. And in doing so, I came to realize that our history are memories, but we remain stuck. We live them out in each moment of our lives. So we have to reclaim, renew, and reset our lives. And our amazing guest, Gary Stewart, will show us how. He's been featured on ABC and NBC. He's devoted over 20 years as a Constellation facilitator. He's an author. He's just released a new book, Healing Human History, and many others. He's the founder of the Constellation Healing Institute. And Gary, uh, I, I, I thought about some inspirational words from his writings. He said, every species alive thrive in adversity and learns tenacity to strengthen its resolve. And with that said, I welcome Gary to our show, Healing Your Past for a Better Future. Welcome, Gary. Oh, thank you, Jean. So good to be on your show. Thank you so much. It's an honor and privilege. Well, it's an honor for you to be here as well. I'm delighted for you to be here. And I must share that I had a wonderful opportunity to participate in your workshop at the 2020 Epi Awards Extravaganza in Manzanillo, Mexico. It was a powerful workshop with tremendous insight and healing. And I've also participated in a couple of your uh, Zoom meetings, which has been so inspiring. So, Gary, can you tell us what inspired you in this work uh, to create this Constellation Healing Institute and Tell us, what, what is Constellation? What is it all about? Yeah. Well, it has nothing to do with astrology. It was developed by Barry Hellinger in 1965, and uh, I took to it like a duck to water. So <laughs> the person who advertised in L.A., it wasn't even in L.A., about 1997, 1998, said, what if the pain you're carrying isn't yours? I would mm. say, that makes complete sense to me. I called her up. She said, well, I'm new to this work in L.A., I... Uh, she migrated from Europe here. I said, well, let me help you get started. And I attended some workshops. We did some one-on-one -on -one sessions. And I was absolutely <laughs> flabbergasted at the amount of wisdom and knowledge that comes through a constellation experience. It was coined that, just so your listeners know, uh, Bert Hellinger was working with other psychotherapists, Virginia Satir and other people in 1965. And you use uh, representatives to represent different family members, and they follow their organic movements and get insights. They don't know anything about the client. And Bert Hellinger said, oh, that's like a constellation. The people where they're placed and what they're saying creates a pictograph like the stars in the sky. Uh, you know, the Big Dipper and all the ones we know. Yes. And that term just stuck with it. So it doesn't have anything to do with astrology. It's the shape Virginia Satir called her work. Uh, the architecture of the family system. 
that there's a shape to it. Uh, it's nonverbal. It's almost like silent. How movements and positions create information that's unseen to the naked eye, but when you witness it in a in a healing experience, and uh, it makes complete sense energetically. It's really a multi-dimensional modality. So is, is it like these things are deeply imprinted in our psyche, in our unconscious state of yes. being? Yes, yes. So sometimes mm-hmm. in uh, other generations, of course, one of my jokes, which is actually true, some people take, we all come from a long line of dead people. And yeah. I <laughs> 10 generations before us is 1,024 people. That's if they have one child per relationship. So we know there's a lot more than that. But that's a 1,000 people who came before us, 10 generations. So what things were unresolved? What grief was unresolved? What anger was being carried? What pain never went away? And of yes. course, uh, that pain, those unresolved issues can transmute into disease. Like many families say, oh, heart disease runs in our family. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, guess what? It's unresolved emotions from a tragedy. Wow. Generations before you were even born into the family system. Hmm. Wow, that that is so amazing. And we definitely want to learn more. You know, currently we're experiencing a lot of chaos and unrest worldwide. And I feel that uh, this is a very timely uh, discussion and for you to be the guest on the show. Oh, yeah. uh, what, tell me, what kind of ancestral trauma uh, of the past uh, can affect us today? Is there a way out? And I know, you know, we, we carry baggage, as you indicated, trauma, hidden family secrets, abuse, broken relationships. You know, what is all of that about? And can we actually break free? Well, if you really look that life is full of patterns, what we're going through is a modern day plague right now. But the irony of the timing is the, the Spanish flu of 1918 to 1921 is exactly happening a hundred years later now. When you really look at the scope of that hundred year repetition, I don't know if people are familiar with fractal geometry. It's like life has a pattern, then it just repeats. You know, as we often say, okay, we do this, then we wash and repeat, wash and repeat. Mm -hmm. That repetition, hence we have the beautiful garden out there, the beautiful green trees, they weather the storm. They get frozen in the winter, those who live in the northern climes, then they get hot in the summer, then they lose their leaves. So life has this seasonal pattern. Well, humanity has the same seasonal pattern with wars and chaos. Uh, If you look at anything, um, the change is something has to break away, break apart before change can happen. So the old has to kind of disintegrate before the new can be born. If you look at it, we'll use the metaphor of a a chicken, a chicken egg. Uh, That chicken is not going to be alive unless it breaks that shell. So it might be comfortable. Same thing with a human baby. It gets uncomfortable in the womb. Then we say, wait, I don't fit in here anymore. I better push out of here. And Mm -hmm. then all the organic hormones of the mother and this and that take place. And birth is born, you know, and this, uh, I've written about birth and I've, had many therapeutic experiences with my own. There's a lot of terror. You don't know that you're being born on the other side. You think you're dying. Um, that was my personal experience. That what she doesn't want me anymore. I'm dying. I'm being crushed. What's going on here? Everything's falling apart. The baby doesn't know on the outside of the mother there's life. It thinks death is happening. So I call birth is actually the, the death fetal death of the fetus. It's a fetal death into a baby being born outside its mother's womb. Wow, that's powerful. What a powerful analogy. And it appears that we're stuck and we engage in life in a what in unconscious hypnotic way. We kind of get mesmerized with all of these yeah. past uh, past history and get stuck in, you know, old patterns and then we get triggered by people and situations that play the same theme and pattern out over and over and over. Enlighten us about this, Gary. Well, the, the positive side, the negative side of it, they're not our patterns, but the positive side of it, which mm-hmm. my last book, which was a bestseller called Ancestral Intelligence, AI. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. playing the computer rage right now with the artificial intelligence. We're much more intelligent than any computer can be. And the survival instincts embedded in the neuroses, you could call it. So, yes, there are negative patterns that are inherited, but don't forget, they were created 
so you could be here. So say you have 10 generations of grief, loss, this, that, wars, famine, you name it, racism, slavery, genocide. Yes. You're here because those ancestors had the strength to survive it. Mm. Embedded in the negative patterns are the positive patterns of tenacity, uh, strength. Uh, so the survival skills go beyond, in a way, go beyond the negative because we're here in spite of it. So that's where the real power and strength is, that we manage to, I joke about it, We man, if we can survive our family system, then we can survive anything life throws at us. You know, that's powerful. Going back to that, your, your statement that I mentioned earlier, uh, what are you saying that, okay, even though there may have been adversity, but the strength of the ancestors in surviving, we carry that too. So yep. we don't have to just carry and focus on, oh, what happened or, or you know, the, the, the past history, but know that they overcame it and we this is passed on to make us more empowered. But why do we focus more on the downside of it, the negative I, I, aspect. <laughs> I know. I think that's also generationally inherited. This mm-hmm. is one question I have. You're a PhD as well. It's like, why do human beings only learn through pain? I can't, <laughs> yeah. I cannot decipher why that's, you know, you know, it's like a thousand people can tell a child the stove is hot, but it yes. doesn't know the stove is hot until it physically touches it and says, oh, they were right. So is it that we need our own experience of pain to grow and change? I don't know. Is it our curiosity that gets us in trouble? It's just interesting. It's almost like happiness. Not to say it doesn't happen. There's no absolutes here. These are just opinions. But it seems like, well, we all desire happiness. But do we really change when we're unhappy? Or do we change when we're uncomfortable and something's not working for us? Wow, I love that because I think you have mentioned also that uh, there are gifts in negative experiences as we perceive it. Uh, Can you kind of elaborate on that? Because I think many people in their suffering are saying, well, how can this be a gift for me? Right. So enlighten us on that so that people can move on from being stuck. Right. Well, you know, it's uh, the strength. Number one is there from the the negative Mm -hmm. experience. And the thing is, I think we the danger of trauma, one, one thing I say about trauma, it's the most addictive substance known to man. It's not heroin, it's not drugs. It's we get addicted to the pattern of trauma. So I've worked with uh, some people who um, unfortunately uh, came from a slavery background. And what, what I noticed is they were tied to the oppression and the, and I'm not endorsing slavery at all. And, they, and now it's called human trafficking. So it still exists in the world. You know, but as far as the American South, people who suffered through that and are here because of it, that lot of tenacity and strength. But I find people that have incurred trauma, whether generationally or personal trauma, they focus on the perpetrator who created the trauma, whether it was a war situation. So if you're Jewish, you may focus on Auschwitz and Hitler, uh, slavery, it might be the slave owner. And it's also, they, trauma in a way creates an amnesia that you have, you don't tune in to the ancestor who could defy slavery and racism and thrive and have their descendants here in the 21st century. That's where the focus should be, the strength of the ancestor, not the weakness of what they had to go through. And so with trauma, we tend to get stuck on the situation that was extremely negative. Oh, that should never happen. That should never happen. And of course it should never happen. But the strength of the ancestors survived that is where really our focus should be in honoring gratitude that they could survive that so could we could be here. Do you think anyone who endured slavery or genocide thought my great-grandchildren will live in the 21st century? Mm, good question. <laughs> they were so busy surviving, even yes. depression, an economic depression, which is kind mm-hmm. of like a financial war, mm-hmm. you know, which we're going to be in shortly, the way things are going mm-hmm. with the current plague. Mm-hmm. It's like... <clears throat> People did their best, and uh, they still made it in spite of, you know, a lot of people uh, emigrated to the United States because there was no uh, monetary opportunity in Europe. So half of the immigrants in the United States were actually, you could call them financial refugees, who were looking for opportunity and a better hope that they could thrive and survive. So all those messages come down from our ancestors, and we can pick and 
choose what we want to believe, what we want to create. What I find with constellations, we tend to repeat the negatives to show that we love them. It's mm-hmm. like funny or something. We'll suffer like you because we love you. And if we have a happy life, say you're Jewish and you had the Holocaust and Auschwitz and everything, and if they came to the U.S. to escape Nazism, whatever, and they're here because of that, would they feel guilty if they were happy Jews when they know their ancestors were exterminated? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see your internal point. Guilt. There's an internal guilt that happens. How dare I be happy when my ancestors were gassed? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to be happy? I come from a sad, depressed, hopeless uh, World War II Um, tragedy and do I have the right to be happy of course you do what I tell people is those people wanted to be happy too they didn't expect Hitler would do what he did Uh, no one expected what life threw at them but they had to deal with it and react to it Mm -hmm. that's a great example of how we can become stuck in our history and as we look at the collective does one uh, thing has have an effect on us all? Like if one uh, ethnic group uh, was affected in a certain way, does it affect others? Oh, everybody. Because don't forget, some people, so there, uh, as far as Germany goes, there was um, a DVD out. I think it won an Oscar. Uh, it was called Hitler's Children. Hitler had no children, but the movie was a documentary about all the grandchildren of the perpetrators and victim of Auschwitz. <laughs> And the closing scene was them all meeting inside Auschwitz together. Himmler's grandson, Goebbels, Christina Goebbels, which was uh, Hitler's marketing manager, his media manager. I mean, uh, she's actually doing consolation work in Germany. And the interesting thing about that, with her grandfather being part of Hitler's team, her whole family rejected her for questioning that her grandfather did anything wrong in World War II. Okay, well, Gary, we we have to take a commercial break, but this is so powerful and empowering. So we're going to take a brief commercial break. So don't go away. We'll be right back with more on healing your past for a better future with our guest, Gary Stewart, Constellation facilitator, author, speaker, and founder of Constellation Healing Institute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change. And flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love. And enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. Celebrate the launching of Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, to guide you in strengthening and embodying the practice of love in your daily life. Connect with us on Facebook and join our Lover's Lane Feel Good Now community and tune in to the Love Cocktail Minute. Relax, refresh, renew for support and daily inspiration. Life Care Wellness Pep for Angels, Inc. is a nonprofit organization to enrich lives and serve our community with emphasis on serving children who are hospitalized. Join Dr. Jean Marie Farish and Vicki Winterton in their global mission to donate My Joy Journal for Children in English and Spanish to as many children as possible. Order directly from Amazon.com and donate to children in your communities. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. 
That's gene72farish at yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back. You've been listening to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love with your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. And coming back from commercial break, we'll continue with this most empowering discussion with our guest, Gary Stewart, Constellation facilitator, author of the newly released book, Healing Human History, speaker, founder of the Constellation Healing Institute on Healing Your Past for a Better Future. You know, Gary... Um, you wrote, the universe and life demands our attention. And, you know, I know as we look at changes and trying to get unstuck from all this history and overwhelming trauma, it seems to be a lot of work. Can we heal instantly or does it take a long time? Uh, well, it, it depends. Um, I think we're conscious of something. Um, I have a thing, it's called bow and release. If we can honor the past just by bowing and just like, what I tell people is if they're having trouble, say, with a a woman in their life, male or female, uh, look at a tree and bow to it, something bigger than you. So what Bert Hellinger found, if we can be humble with the gift of life and honor everything that came before, we can bow to it with gratitude. So you can imagine your dead ancestors are all contained in that tree. And you say, thank you very much. Uh, all this pain and grief is too much to, for me to carry. I'm your little great, 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 great granddaughter or grandson. I leave that pain with you. That happened in your lifetime. It's too much for me to carry in my lifetime. I honor you. I love you. Then you bow to that tree. Then you turn around and walk away. Wow. Lighter in your back, you'll feel like a bag that you've been carrying, luggage, luggage that you've been carrying is all of a sudden lifted off your body because you consciously acknowledged and released it with love and gratitude. You know, I love the uh, just the symbolism of being in nature because for me personally, nature is cleansing. Whenever I need to unhook or <laughs> get unstuck, my first uh, uh, thing that I do is to go out in nature to refresh and renew. So giving us that particular exercise is a a nice opportunity to release, right? And let go. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing. What what I've found in the work, if you look, you know, we talk a lot about tragedy and trauma and drama that's happened in the world, which is well and true, but it really creates a lot of grief. You know, whether, like when I work with people with the Irish potato famine, my mother's side is Irish, so I'm sure I have some of that in my family system. Uh, The grief and loss from babies dying of starvation back in Ireland during the potato famine. So what happens is with all these traumas and tragedies that we mentioned, slavery, genocide, potato famine, wars, uh, there's a, a grief. There's a ton of grief. If I look at the biggest emotion that's the biggest common denominator in all family systems and all human beings that would be unresolved grief and loss. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Gary, looking at, uh, well, let's say people are experiencing a lot of losses now in the, in the midst of the current challenge. It's like we're compounding it, right? I mean, if we already had, you know, generational issues of grief and then now we're dealing with other issues, it's like we're compounding them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't forget that happened with the Black Plague, the bubonic plague. So mm-hmm. plagues have been almost like a biological war uh, throughout human history that we have to deal with. But what does that lead to? More grief, a sudden death, you know, mm-hmm. a child mm-hmm. dying of a fever, yellow fever, rheumatic yes. Disease throughout history, a lot of grief, uh, family grief, was from someone who was stricken by a disease and died. Mm-hmm. Whether a young died, a husband died, the breadwinner died uh, from a disease. So as much as we have the big dramatic wars and you know World War One, Two, this, that, all those big dramas on Earth, we also have say the biological dramas of someone dying from a disease, uh, someone got hit by a bus, a child got hit by the school bus, and the whole family's grieving for fifty years over that lost child. So it's there's so many layers to this, and how does that unresolved grief create disease? Uh, I've seen, I've worked with a, a fair amount of Jewish people who come to me uh, with, you know, Auschwitz or two in the background, and you you may be surprised by this, but separate from all that grief and trauma, it transmutes into cancer, like COVID mm-hmm. cancer and mm-hmm. many other things. I had 
about a couple of years ago, two Jewish men came to me, and actually in the same week, they didn't even know each other, and they both had insomnia. And when we opened up their constellation, so we used living reps who were in the room who didn't even know they were Jewish or had Auschwitz, they felt they were locked in a prison cell during the constellation, which of course they were. And we were letting all that anger and stuff spew out, and their insomnia went away within 24 hours. So imagine their ancestor in Auschwitz uh, couldn't exactly relax and sleep at night if they heard the leather boots stomping on the wooden planks in the, you know, in the concentration camp. Well, that fear is alive in their children and grandchildren 50 to 70 years after the experience. Now, one thing, just so our audience knows scientifically, they've discovered that PTSD can be an inherited. That means you have the reaction to fear uh, or death or whatever it is without actually going through the negative experience. It's in our DNA. So whatever befell our DNA is alive in our DNA a generation later. So it moves forward in time and space. So this can be debilitating, and it's almost like your memory. Uh, the memory is yeah. what, kind of frozen in time. It's like you just re- and and even though you're not really aware of it, it's right. being played out in other ways, right? Absolutely, and we're reacting to it as if it's that place in time. Mm. So with constellation, we create a healthy boundary between past, present, and future. So we want to clear up the past. We may not be able to at least honor it and release it so we don't have to carry it. And then we can turn away in our present life and create the future we want. And the cosmic joke to the whole thing is the ancestors wanted the same thing. They wanted to be happy. They wanted to thrive. They didn't want all this drama and trauma to happen to them. And I also liken it to uh, kind of laws of the jungle in a way. So do you think that the, the antelope, the weakest antelope that got eaten by a lion, say in uh, the Serengeti in Africa, do you think the whole antelope herd, if they could talk, would say, oh, we're bad antelopes. One person got eaten by a lion. Oh, that's a bad lion. No, the lion was hungry. He went for the easiest prey so he could fill his belly and feed his family. That antelope. Of course, didn't make it, but all the other antelopes did, and they hid under a tree or whatever they did, or the lion stopped killing once he had his meal for his family. We don't view that the lion is bad and a horrible beast. Antelopes are weak and horrible species. So humans tend to put all these judgments and opinions on stuff. When you look at the law of the jungle, it's just one species is hungry. Big fish needs to eat the little fish. The little fish needs to eat the plant. You know, we, mm-hmm. we don't... Or moral judgment when we see it in nature, but when we see it in humanity, oh, the politics, oh, Nazism, oh, the left, the right, the this, the that. Mm-hmm. You know, we put all these moral judgments on stuff, good and bad. It's because we have a consciousness of duality, what happens. We tend to label things. But if you really look at nature, it's always in a flow. A tree just standing there that doesn't have a choice. It's just standing there. It doesn't say, I'm a bad tree because it's hot outside. Uh, there was a windstorm and my branch fell off. Should I have never been a tree because one of my branches broke and I couldn't help it during the wind that was strong? The, the, nature doesn't put a moral judgment on everything like humans do. It mm-hmm. just and it's totally present with whatever's happening. So I look at the negative experiences that befell our family system or even us in our life. It's just like weather. Okay, it's cloudy. I'm sad today. Okay, I got clouds in my weather. My emotional weather system is cloudy. Okay, it's really hot. I'm angry because it's so hot. You know, my anger is really up today. You know, so with resisting, we'll say, putting moral judgments on everything is much healthier and just realize it's a temporary state. In Buddhism, they say don't attach to anything because yes. it's not real. It's just like the weather passing through, a stormy weather, a sunny day. Can we just be present with what's present? And that happens to be today is a sunny day, tomorrow's a cloudy day, next day's a rainy day, then the sun comes out again. We yes. don't think it should have never existed on Earth because the weather's going to change. That sounds crazy. But at the same time, and other things that happen in life, we put such judgment on and hold on to it so tight that we can't see any other way, which ends up to be dysfunctional. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, nature is our best teacher. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so we see this as, a, as a, a wonderful opportunity for healing and really to break free and break the cycles to not pass it on, right? To our children and children's yeah. children or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me this, Gary, can this be used for other aspects of our life, career, romance, health, personal yeah. relationships? Yeah. And maybe, you know, what are some examples from your uh uh, maybe teachings and working with people that can help us. Well, I have tons. You know, if you look at romance alone, so how much, say you had a, a, a grandmother who divorced and then your mother divorces and then you get married and you divorce too. So what we, what we would call in our work is a loyalty to the family system. So can I be a woman, say, in a family system who has a happy marriage, well, then I'd be betraying my mother and grandmother who didn't have happy marriages. So I better divorce like them to find a happy marriage. So what we find is there's a loyalty to suffering. Mm. I mean, obviously a loyalty to life because we're alive in in anybody's family system, but we're loyal to the patterns, even if they're seemingly a negative pattern. Now, the flip side to that it may look at, oh, that woman divorced, blah, blah, blah. And I've had many women in the 1800s and early 1900s that divorced, which I see as empowering. Wow, that woman didn't want to suffer when divorce was a big taboo. People don't realize in the 1960s, which isn't that far away, divorce was a huge taboo. Mm-hmm. You know, women that you never do, oh, you were divorced, like stain on your reputation if you ever had a divorce so are they being loyal to their own heart from the women's side are they being loyal to their own heart this man doesn't serve me i'm not happy i want to be happy so i'm going to divorce this sob that i'm not in love with anymore and find a man that does love me is that a bad thing of course it's not a bad thing uh but then the generational pattern starts to show up that they're never happy with a man and then the granddaughter will divorce her husband. So it becomes a pattern where everyone feels in a romantic relationship, they have to follow the family pattern and divorce a man or a woman. Same thing for a man divorcing a wife, same thing. So they're following a pattern that they're not realizing, hence every generation that has divorce or a broken relationship or people who cheat. Now, you know, I'm not endorsing any of this. I'm just saying it happens quite frequently. Romantic relationships, uh, the man may cheat. And I've had many constellations where it showed the man cheated because the mother might have withheld sex from her husband because she knew there'd be a nine-month pregnancy penalty. And she knew that if she engaged in romantic relations, they might not have had enough money for food and shelter. So Mm. she withheld sexually from her husband, even though they loved each other and were raising a family, so she'd have enough food on the table. Hence, the man gets the message, well, I better go and have my fun with another woman if I want to have fun because my responsibilities are at home with my wife and children. Hence, that becomes a pattern. Then the males start to follow the thing. Well, to be a male and a husband, you have to cheat. That's what my father did. That's what my grandfather did. Then the men are following that pattern of cheating. And I've had women cheating as well. So it's just quite interesting, all the intricacies of romance. How much are us finding our own happiness, so to speak? And how much are we reenacting out what what other generations did on romance? Well, what about uh, the concept of of image? Uh, You know, I hear people say, well, gosh, in order to be perceived as successful or, you know, having a, and we know that there are a lot of people posing as having ideal family arrangements when, you know, if you go into the households, it's a totally different uh, story. But from the public eye, it's like, wow, they have the perfect family and, and, you know, everything is so perfect. And I've heard people say that and I said, no, it's not perfect, (laughs) you know. Uh, So this, this concept of image and judgment of others, tell us a little bit about that. That denial is a powerful force. (laughs) I mean, if they're in their own bubble that they create, they're happy with it, bless them, you know? That's how they're dealing with it. But then you might go in that house and you say, oh my God, the wife is angry, blah, 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 and, uh, you know, and there's a lot of unhappiness in this house. You know, it's funny, I used to do catering this long before I was a consolation facilitator, but this experience taught me about judging people. So it was in Beverly Hills. It was a very cold, ornate marble mansion, mini mansion, not huge, but big. 
and I was there, oh my God, this guy is just, oh my God, it's like too perfect. And when he came down his grand staircase and looked at me, and he said this thing that really touched me deeply, and this is long before I got into Constellations, he said, not bad for someone who had to sell pencils on the Brooklyn Bridge to survive. <laughs> oh my goodness. During the Mm-hmm. And so he was so proud of that house. It taught me not to judge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're always getting lessons from life. And I said, oh, my God, I had this opinion. He was a rich SOB. And, you know, he was arrogant and this and that. And he just came down that nice marble staircase, so humble, and just looked at me and said that. And I said, well, fire wow. should I <laughs> judge? Why should I be the judge and jury? just because I see a cold marble staircase that everything's too perfect. It was too perfect. So I had judgments of it being too perfect. And that's my, that's maybe my weakness, my opinion of seeing the image, but not seeing what's behind the image. And that one statement, I just, I looked at my own judgments in that moment. I said, my God, how dare I just judge thing when I don't know the backstory. Yes. What he did to get there. Yes. Very admirable. So it taught me about looks can be deceiving. And sure, uh, first take, you may judge something, but when you look behind the scenes, you're like, oh, my God, I should give um, give up that judgment quickly because it changed. It was a very deeply changing experience. And, and, you know, we all have our stories. And, you know, what I've uh, found is that people sometimes look at you and they say, wow, you know, this person is successful and they're doing this and they're doing that. And it may bring about even some envy or jealousy or whatever. But, I'm, you know, I always say, hey, you don't know what that person went through to get to that point. And you can't just, you know, it's like you can't. Uh, be like someone else, so to speak. You have to go through your own personal development, you know, weave out your own historical issues and move forward. And it takes, you know, work, right? A lifetime, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that might be the that might be the best that they can do. What's interesting about, you know, and the Kardashians have never uh, done constellations, although their their housekeeper was a client of mine and she gave them my books on constellations and stuff. I don't know. But just for fun. But it's interesting. They did um, that show on PBS. Who do you think you are? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. With uh, Louis Gates, a wonderful man. And um, with the Kardashians, it's like in Armenia before the genocide, their ancestors were very successful businessmen and sellers and entrepreneurs in Armenia before the genocide. And they managed to leave Armenia before the genocide. So isn't it interesting that their lineage comes from financial success? So Mm. then successful in America is a way they're honoring their lineage even though they're billionaires at this point and you know Mm -hmm. I question talent that's for sure but that's my opinion and my judgment all right we're going to take a brief commercial break so don't go away we'll be right back with more on healing your past for a better future with our guest Gary Stewart constellation facilitator author speaker founder of the constellation healing institute America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Celebrate the launching of Dr. Jean Marie Farish's new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, to guide you in strengthening and embodying the practice of love in your daily life. Connect with us on Facebook and join our Lover's Lane Feel Good Now community and tune in to the Love Cocktail Minute. Relax, refresh, renew for support and daily inspiration. Life Care Wellness Pep for Angels, Inc. is a nonprofit organization to enrich lives and serve our community with emphasis on serving children who are hospitalized. Join Dr. Jean Marie Farish and Vicki Winterton in their global mission to donate My Joy Journal for Children in English and Spanish to as many children as possible. Order directly from Amazon.com and donate to children in your communities. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love. 
Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change. And flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love. And enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back. You've been listening to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love with your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. And coming back from commercial break, we'll continue with our guest, Gary Stewart, Constellation Facilitator, author of the newly released book, Healing Human History, speaker and founder of the Constellation Healing Institute. Gary, you have really shared some powerful information to help us all as we really look at our ancestral history and how to really weave through this to have a better life in the present. Now, I'd like to just ask you a little bit about uh, this whole concept or beliefs about unworthiness and unhealthy attachments. Can you share insights about this because it appears that unworthiness is a the thread that weaves through a lot of uh, human experience yes yes and what we mentioned about for our listeners who might have not tuned into the other segments but we spoke about loyalty so if you really look at unworthiness do what's their energy or experiences that your ancestors had where they felt unworthy and that you're mimicking that or acting it out, so to speak, um, because it's a way to show love and loyalty to those other people that felt unworthy. Now, if you really take, a, you know, and I'm not a psycho, psychologist or a psychotherapist, but I honor that profession. But constellations show a lot of different energy around, if you look at a child, <clears throat> the amount of negative messages a child and different things that I've read has has to hear like I think 476 no's a day and three yeses. Mm, wow. <laughs> Your whole childhood listening, multiply that times 365 days times 10 years. That'd <clears throat> be 400,000 no's to maybe a thousand yeses. So would that child feel unworthy because it's parents or family? No, don't do that. No, no, you get hit by a car. No, don't touch the stove. No, it's raining outside. No, you're going to catch a cold. No, you got to put an extra coat on. No, that's too much. No, I don't like the color. No, I don't. What is the child going to believe about itself? And it might start thinking, my God, I can't do anything right. Everything I do is wrong. She doesn't love me, even though from the mother's point of view, she may be caring. I don't want my child to catch a cold. I don't want his feet to get wet. <clears throat> the mother may do it from self-preservation or caring, but the child just says, wow, I can't do anything right. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she doesn't love me. And so are we feeling like we're the biggest screw up on earth every day? And we can't make anyone happy. And then we take that into our adult life. Well, I can't do anything wrong. And then they start making bad business decisions. They make a mistake. They judge themselves. But they've already engaged in a pattern of, say, negativity that maybe was a survival mechanism from the parents, the mother or the father or whatever. And uh, then they start making it in their adult life. So the unworthiness my God, it can uh, just go on for generations. So we, we can play out these uh, the, the, the feelings of unworthiness through unhealthy attachments, right? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. We want to be attached to our mother or father or our family. And if we can't do anything right, yeah, we're still attached, but we're, we see ourselves as a screw-up rather than a gift from God uh, that got birthed into this family system for an exciting or at least fulfilling life. 
You know what I mean? So then we, then we get, um, you could say that we just get kind of misguided within ourselves. We start on a soul level, we start not to trust ourselves and doubt ourselves. And how does that lead to our unworthiness as an adult? Like we've forgotten like who we are, why we came here. And uh, I consider myself personally a slow learner because I feel pretty much more liberated now than I did as a child. I was severely abused, battered child. And, of course, you know, I wrestle with that, too. But somehow on a soul level, we tend to survive it. That's the amazing thing about the human soul. Even though children had the worst life possible, I mean, look at Oprah. Do you think Oprah, everything Oprah went through, do you think her family system knew that they were going to have one of the most famous women on earth who would be known by maybe right. six billion people? Would they have treated Oprah the way they treated her had they yeah. known she was going to become? Now, here's my question for your listeners. Would Oprah be Oprah without those experiences? Yeah, and we wouldn't be who we are without our experiences, but we have to resolve them to move yeah. forward and get unstuck. Beyonce would say, make lemonade out of lemons, you know? Yes, 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 yes. What are some, like, takeaways for the audience, uh, our audience of listeners, keys that they may be able to focus on to really start turning things around? Well, the, the biggest thing is we all deserve, I don't think, personally, I don't think we incarnated to be miserable. Just, you know, mm-hmm. by baseline, baseline. If you look at a happy baby, you know we came in here to be happy and fulfilled. And then once we get entrenched in the family system, we start to lose that sense of reality is why we incarnated here. And that's part and parcel of the lesson to survive that we mentioned at the top of the show, that we learned our key to survival through our family system. But ultimately, that's why I feel I'm a slow learner. I had to go through all this and heal all that stuff to feel I could just uh, live my purpose, so to speak. Yes, yes, yes. All of us have that in us, but we have to go through the trenches to get there and then rediscover ourselves. So I think um, if we can let go of the past and see we got the strength and the skills to survive in life from even a negative past, that we can leave that behind, which I mentioned in the earlier segment about bowing to anything negative that happened, leave it with those it belongs to and say, thank you. I leave anything that's not positive with you. And I'm taking my positivity and manifesting my dream come true in my life. Thank you for carrying the past for me so I can be present and create a great future. Mm, That is awesome. Gary, I know you work with individuals and groups, right? Yes, yes. Uh Uh, Can you tell us about maybe uh, your book or how to access you, your services, you know? (laughs) Well, the biggest thing is to go to my website, of course, with the lockdowns and everything. I don't know how Mississippi is, but California is. Oh, lockdown. (laughs) Well, we're we're trying to do better. (laughs) It's hard to do groups. I had one scheduled in L.A., and even Mm -hmm. though lockdown was lifted, people were afraid to go out. So the the fear that's being generated from this... uh, Play, I call it play. I don't even want to give it the dignity. I know you're like me. I try to not to name it. And do you? But you have Zoom meetings, right? Don't you have free? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, I participate in some uh, constellations on Zoom with my friend mm-hmm. in Australia to get my feet mm-hmm. wet, and it, it works fine. But there's nothing like a live experience. The other yes. thing, I develop constellation healing oracle cards, and these are all on Amazon. I have a Gary Stewart S T U A R T author page on Amazon all my books and my Constellation Healing Oracle cards we do on Zoom. Like I'll pull an Oracle card out and then we discuss what's going on with the client's goals. So it's like a one-on-one session, which is really effective. And I tune into their field and get uh, many insights for them. So it does work on Zoom. I like to do the one-on-one on Zoom. I love group work the best, but uh, that's uh, curtailed at the moment. It does work on Zoom as well. Mm-hmm. And What I find is just talking to people, getting to the rock bottom truth is tremendously impactful and healing without even attending a workshop. So once you understand, say, the systemic dynamics of what happens in people's family system, when you verbalize the vibration of verbalizing the truth or the truth that I may see that the client may not see, it liberates something in them because it's finally been spoken about directly. Wow, that's powerful. Now, do you have a special giveaway for the audience? Yes, if you go to my website, um, there's uh, it's Gary Stewart, G-A-R-Y-S-T-U-A-R-T, healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com, 
On the top page, I have all these like little chiclet boxes. And if you go to the bow and release card box, uh, the bow and release we spoke about in the earlier segment about taking a tree and bowing to it, always do something bigger than you. Ultimately, Bert Hellinger, my teacher, said uh, to be humble and with, filled with gratitude is the best way to be. To see the gifts you did get rather than focusing on what you didn't get, which will be an okay. endless spiral downward. Okay. And so just enjoy the life and opportunity to be present you did get from your ancestors and leave everything that doesn't serve you with the ancestors and the past so you can walk away from it and be free and uh, manifest your best life possible. All right. Well, Gary, thank you so much for your inspiring and empowering messages on healing your past for a better future and for your generous offer to our listeners. Uh, And I'm sure uh, your your new book, uh, Healing Human History, that's going to be a real hit. (laughs) So thank thank, yes, right? (laughs) Thank you for uh, being with us today, Gary. Thank you so much and for your generous gift. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gene. And thank you to our listeners for uh, taking it in. All right. So we don't have to stay stuck in our past. There is a way out. And connect with Gary for more about the Constellation Healing Institute. Join us next week with guest Judith Satori from New Zealand on activating your true potential. Share your insights from our show and love light practices that are there on my blog page of the website, www.jeanferrisjourney.com. And also, insights about our show. You can email me at gene72farish at yahoo.com. Remember that the past is memories, whether painful or joyful. They make us who we are. They are gifts. Use the power of the Sankofa, the mystical, mystical bird with its head turned backwards while its feet face forward, carrying a precious egg in its mouth. So go back. And get it. That is that which is worth keeping and move forward. It's time to write a new love story. Much gratitude to the Voice America team for making this show a reality and for shining their love light around the world. I'm your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Thanks for tuning in today. And until we meet again, remember an empowered self is a loving self. And keep your love light shining. Thank you for listening to Love Light this week. Be sure to join Dr. Jean Marie Farish again for another program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a wonderful week filled with love, self-worth, and better connections.